Mark Andreessen gave this talk on why he thinks uh, more people should be optimistic, and it's centered around the fact that we've just now arrived where almost every adult on the planet is going to be connected to the internet. So that's his basis for why um, you should be optimistic. So he says, we are very close to every adult on the planet being on the internet. It took 25 years to get there. Now that everyone is connected to the internet, I think things will get very different. I think things will be much more positive. The internet's impact on culture is just beginning. A world in which the culture is based on the internet is just at the very start. That is actually happening now. And he talks about um, a lot of the things that inform his optimism is he's very well known for going back and studying uh, trends in business and technology, looking at it through the past. So he says, an entrepreneur comes in and pitches an idea and you feel that you should draw a judgment if it's going to work or not. So this is his basic job as an investor, right? And he's, he says this is something that he's trying to avoid nowadays. So he says, that is something I'm very leery of doing anymore. The reason for that is every successful technology that I'm aware of has an incredible 25 or 50 year backstory to them. You have to go back and excavate because you haven't heard a lot of the backstory because the previous efforts failed. But if you go back and look it up, there's often a multi-generational run-up. Uh, so he gives some of his famous examples, which blew, some of these blew my mind. He says, Radio Shack had a smartphone in 1982. Problem was, nobody bought it. Uh, video conferencing goes back to the mid-1960s. We think of that as like a re relatively recent uh, invention, right? He says the telegraph was invented in the 1870s, and then it sat on the shelf for 100 years before the Japanese turned it into an industry. And then he says Paris had an optical telegraph network under the city in the 1840s. That blew my mind. I didn't know that. Uh, he talks about some of the advances, like everybody's on the internet, and now you're going to see, like, what's the next, uh, not trend, that's not the word he used, but, like, what's the next advancement? And he talks about, like, well... If we actually get sufficient, uh, sufficiently good at developing different levels of AI, it's like a lot of the, the, the products that we all built before AI just won't be relevant anymore. So he says there's lots of business apps where you type data into a form and then you run reports against that data. That has been the model of business apps for 50 years. But what if that isn't needed anymore? What if AI has access to all your business records and it just gives you the answer to whatever your question is? You don't need to go through all the other steps. So that's the business example. He says Google is actually trying to do this on the consumer end. So he says Google has the consumer version of this. Search has been blue links for 25 years now. Google thinks it should just be the answer. That is what they're trying to do with their voice UIs. That concept might generalize out and then everything gets built out from there. Uh, then he starts hypothesizing about like what, what could that affect? Like if you have a, vo uh, a voice UI, like what is that? Like, how is that different from, you know, looking at a screen or typing with your thumbs or your, your other fingers? So he says, voice may be the foundation for, uh, for augmented reality. You can keep AirPods in your ear all day. You can talk to it all day. Siri, Google Now, and Cortana are getting really good and really fast. It may be that we just have this constant ongoing dialogue with the machine just talking into your ear. Uh, he talks about this, this may help because software today, is, he feels, is massively inefficient. And this has been been that way for a long time. And he goes, the old adage in tech in the 90s when Andy Grove was running Intel and Bill Gates was running software was, Andy giveth in the form of Moore's Law and Bill taketh away in the form of so software bloats. Talks about he gets a lot of pitches with like, hey, uh, we're going to make Uber for X or uh, superhuman for Y or whatever the case is. And he's like, listen, that is not how the great ideas arrive. They don't look like that. Meaning they're not like... Uh, trying to take something somebody else did and like kind of plaster it onto a new paradigm. He's saying they look like very specific theories, not general theories. 
they tend to be very, very specific to the details of the market involved. Uh, this is interesting because I just uh, I just did a podcast on Hetty Green. She went up being the richest uh, woman in America back in like the early 1900s. And her family started out, uh, they, they were from New Bedford, Massachusetts, which was at one time the wealthiest uh, city per capita in the world. And it's because of all these whaling expeditions. So uh, Mark was saying one of the historical precedents for venture capital was how whaling expeditions were funded in, in the 1600s. You would have a ship that, that would try to bring back a whale. There was a high failure rate. Only two-thirds of the ship was, two-thirds of the ship was, would even come back. They were financed by angel syndicates, venture capital, basically. The term carry, which is how we get paid, which how investors get paid, was the percentage of the whale that the ship carried. It was literally a physical carry. It's interesting that that term stuck and still used today, even though that doesn't exist. Uh, and then this is, I, I would say, the most important thing he said in the whole talk. Any important company or product takes a decade or more to build. Everything important takes a long time. Long-term, or, long-term orientation is absolutely necessary. Long-term thinking is really easy only if you know it's going to work. And then my second favorite idea is that the best-run companies tend to run multiple experiments against their goals. And finally, he leaves us with a book recommendation. He says there's a novel. It's called Kill Decision by Dan- Daniel Suarez that extrapolates the advancement of drones forward into the future. It will keep you up at night. 